More complicated than a five-nation bid to host the World Cup is the Fantasy Faithful, an FBL podcast brought to you by thefootballfaithful.com. I'm your host, Steve McGovern, and as ever, I'm joined by my trusty sidekick, Harry Diamond. Harry, it's great to see you. How's it going, mate? Yeah, I'm very well, mate. How are you? Not too bad, not too bad at all. Although, uh, FBL-wise, it felt like one of those weeks where you're watching through your fingers a bit. You're kind of hoping the players you don't own or haven't captained, like, don't overly punish you. But uh, otherwise, it was it was good and uh, had some good weather, so... I was happy enough uh, about that, and uh, yeah, I mean, Ar- and Ireland won in the rugby and England lost, so I mean, what a great weekend that was. Yeah, it's a good one for you. Not so sweet for uh, over this side, is it? But we'll let you have this one. Right. Th- thanks, mate. Thanks. Uh, right. Well, today on the show, we will be looking back at those uh, February picks we made over a month ago to see how we did. We'll also look ahead to game week 27 to give our thoughts on transfer targets and captaincy. But first up, it's time to review what we've seen so far of game week 26. Who's Captain Hindsight? Captain Hindsight, the hero of the modern age. As ever, we'll begin with some regretskis. And Harry, first of all, I have to apologize to everybody you included, because on here and in my FBL column, I told everybody to back Leicester over Spurs. Oh my Lord, what a bad decision that was. <laughs> now we have Madison injured, Barnes is injured, Vardy blanked against Arsenal, and Spurs are on a bit of a rampage now in their recent games, uh, scoring goals galore and uh, not letting in very many at the other end. So I got it completely wrong. But to be fair to me, like a week ago, you would have said Leicester are on fire. Spurs are a dumpster fire and were terrible. But no, it's completely flipped around now. Uh, and I just feel awful for, for telling all of our listeners <laughs> and our readers that they needed to back uh, Leicester. So, yeah. But anyway, what's uh, what, what about you? I think you've got a regret along the similar lines. Yeah, I was with you on the uh, the Leicester over Spurs shout. It's uh, strange how, how quickly things can turn around. So I thought Spurs looked really good. I thought Burnley looked really bad, but Spurs looked really good. Um, it's the first glimpse we've seen of the, the Bale-Son-Kane link-up that everyone was so excited about at the start of the season. I went for Vardy over Kane uh, in my transfers for this game week. The wait for Jack Grealish team news ultimately meant I couldn't afford Kane in the end. But I did consider it early in the week and I am regretting it slightly that I didn't go for it because I don't think Vardy looked fit at all against Arsenal and Spurs may take a bit of confidence from from that Burnley battering into the, into the Fulham game. I very nearly went for the triple Leicester. But when Madison got injured and the, when the, the press conference on Friday or whenever it was when that came through and, and Brendan Rodgers basically said that he's out, you know, I was like, right, I'm not getting Vardy. I'm definitely not getting him in. And I got uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin in instead. And he also blanked against um, who did they play again? God, it's it's already a game oh, that is. Up. So many of these games got out of my memory just as quickly as I've seen them. Yeah, but they got a, a narrow one 0 win uh, with Richarlison scoring, rather than Calvert Lewin actually. And I did say Richarlison is an, an interesting little uh, differential in my FBL column. So uh, well done anybody who jumped on that. Uh, but they still have West Brom, so that one might work out. Uh, there was a, people who actually triple captained Everton players. This is the biggest double game week in history, and people actually were like, "You know what? I'm going to use a triple captainship on an Everton player." So, good luck to those people. I really, I really w- wish them the best because they they need it at this at this trying time. But yeah, not not getting Son was also a regret of mine because he got two assists. I needed to replace Madison. 
I got Rashford in instead and Rashford blanked against Chelsea, which I kind of expected. I've got a Man United defender and a Chelsea defender. So I was kind of expecting, right, I think I think this will probably be a nil all. So I should have realized it wasn't the move to make. I should have gone for Son with those two fixtures and as well with the future fixtures because Man United have Man City next week. So Rashford's already on my bench. They got West Ham at home the week after, which is a tough one. And then they've got a blank, whereas you look at Spurs fixtures, much kinder. Uh, they've obviously got Fulham next in this uh, double game week. And then next week, they got Crystal Palace, then Arsenal away. And then they actually play in game week 29 when they face Aston Villa. And after that, they've got new... I mean, they've got actually some very handy fixtures over the next month up until April, really. So with them back on form, again, it was just one of those things. At the time, it was like you would have thought they were, they were completely different situations, those two clubs. But um, with hindsight... I can say that uh, Son was definitely the right move. But Man United play Crystal Palace. So I'm hoping my our, our captaincy picks actually come through because we both went for Bruno Fernandes. You have him triple captained. Yep. How how confident are you about that? Because uh, obviously, as we're speaking, this game week is still ongoing. Like There's still seven bloody games to go. So on Wednesday, they will face Crystal Palace away. Man United always do better away. Bruno Fernandes is obviously a machine in away games. Crystal Palace are terrible. So, are we feeling good about this? Or is he going to get? He's going to get a hat trick of penalties here. Yeah, without trying to tempt fate, I, I am quite confident. I think Palace have been um, awful in uh, recent weeks. I think they were very, very lucky to win at Brighton. They were very lucky to get with a point against Fulham. I don't expect United to have um, any problems getting past Palace. And Bruno, Bruno's the go-to guy, isn't he? When they uh, when they turn up, so fingers crossed. I'm, but I am confident. Yeah, confident. I mean, I think even if Bruno doesn't do much in that game, I do think it probably was a better week to use the triple captainship rather than the bench boost. And maybe it's just a consequence of the bench boost not being a, an overly great chip because to have 15 players who all return or who play every minute is so hard. So, And I've seen that myself. I had Bamford and Rafinha, both of them blanked against Aston Villa. And then obviously Barnes went off injured, which is just so unfortunate. It's really, really awful. Like he was playing the best football of his career and now... You know, not even thinking FPL wise, it just feels so bad for the for the guy because just an awful injury uh, to get at such a young age. So hopefully he makes a full recovery. But I mean, with that, I got three players there who didn't return. So if I just left them on the bench and then left, uh, let's say, played Martinez over Ariola, so that's only eleven points worse off. I wouldn't have really. I would have made that back probably with a triple captainship. So. That would have been the right move, probably. But still have another game to go. Mar- Martinez in net against Sheffield United, I'm still pretty confident about. So I feel like that will kind of make up somewhat for the, the kind of disappointment of the, the bench boost. So yeah, that's the main bits of game week 26 so far. I mean, I, I'm otherwise happy because I've got 81 points and I've got I've still got 14 player, players to play. So in that context, it's although Gundogan and Stones are both on the bench so in reality, I've got 12 players with maybe Gundogan to come off the bench. Don't expect to see Stones, but uh, I'll take it anyway. He's been a good week so far. So there we go. We might as well now go and look back at the picks we made in February to see how well we both did and who came out on top. Right, Harry, I've got your picks here. And you had Barnes, Salah, Son, Grealish and Zaha. How many, how many points do you think you came up these, these five players ended up with over last month? Not too sure. Zaha has not been playing, has he? Barnes has been doing okay. Ooh, I'll go for low 60s. Low 60s? No, should he had 58 points the last time we brought this up. 
That was two game weeks ago. Really? No, yeah, you got 91 points, which I think is a decent return. Uh, Barnes, Barnes did okay. Barnes got two goals and two assists. So he came away with 32 points. He was the highest. Salah, 21 points. He scored two goals. Hyungmin Son, obviously got a goal and two assists. And he came away with 27 points. It's actually mad. Like, I, I thought Son, Son has had such a quiet month, but he ends up coming away with 27 points, basically, because he returned yeah. against West Brom and then returned against Burnley. And so he got just two big, big hauls. So I suppose you'll take it in the end. Grealish only had one assist. So he came away with 10 points. That That's really disappointing. And then Zaha, obviously, he only played 58 minutes worth of football. So he only has one point. He was also one of my picks. We come to my picks now. And obviously Gundogan, the man, 45 points. That is the second most of the last month he had four goals two assists and that was with an injury in between so the man has just been an absolute machine lately and at his price it's just incredible value my other pick was Matt Target only 4.9 million at the minute his prices has steadily increased since I made this pick I think he was 4.6 at the time he's got three clean sheets to return 20 points I was kind of hoping for a bit more maybe than that because he didn't get any bonus points. So that's basically the minimum you would hope to get from from kind of having that many clean sheets. But anyway, uh, Mikhail Antonio had 23 points. He scored two goals and had two assists from four games. Again, another one who got an injury in the middle of the month. So very good return. I actually sold him there on my wildcard. So I missed two of those returns, unfortunately. (laughs) Sadio Mane. Oh my God. God bless anybody that got Sadio Mane at the beginning of this month. Zero returns. From four games, he got eight points. And then again, Zaha one point. But I got 97 points. So that means I win February. I'm gonna nice. I'm gonna buy myself a trophy in the in the local shop. I'm gonna go to Argos, get myself a fake trophy, and just uh, tell myself that I am the champion. But yeah, only six points difference in the end. I think I was a good bit more ahead of you. Uh, last we spoke but uh yeah, yeah I, not not bad so 91 points for you 97 for myself uh some decent picks there i think if i was looking at the players though say from game week 22 onward the players to have in terms of fantasy points the highest scoring player was obviously bruno fernandez with 48 points he had four goals and three assists so he would have been number one obviously we didn't mention him because he was so obvious but you remember I joked to you about why Jesse Lingard should be on the top of your list for must have players in February Jesse Lingard got 39 points in the last five games he scored three goals and two assists that is the third most FPL points in that time that is unbelievable and I'm absolutely hating myself for not backing that that's just incredible so yeah, unbelievable form from Jesse Lingard. He is definitely one that I think we'll, we might talk about in transfer targets coming up. And some other players, Emmy Martinez, 37 points. So that's that's the fourth most. A goalkeeper having the fourth most points. That's absolutely outrageous. But he has been a bonus point machine the last month. So Emmy Martinez, if you don't have him already, it's too late. It's already too late. You've, you've missed the boat. A couple of surprise ones here, right? Ruben Neves. He's had three goals and an assist for 35 points. And that's really good considering nobody has been rating Wolves for a while now. So fair play to him. Uh, Rafinha, obviously everybody has been loving Rafinha lately. 34 points. Just behind him in the list is a certain centre-back from Fulham. It's Joachim Anderson, 4.5. He has 33 points. 
that's obviously because they've had a good few clean sheets lately, Fulham, and he got an assist in there as well. So fair play to him, 33 points. And a few other names to name, obviously Stuart Dallas, 31 points. 17 of them came in the one game. So that's where most of that is. Uh, Raheem Sterling got 31, which is decent, but at 11.6, probably not worth it. Then my boy, Marcus Rashford, same amount of points as Raheem Sterling. And then also the same amount of points alongside them is Aaron Wan-Bissaka. So that's interesting, isn't it? He scored one goal and got two assists. So he was one that I was considering because I think his place is pretty much sealed. What 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 do you make? Are you are you happy with the, the players you picked in the end, or are you kind of kicking yourself that you didn't get a couple of those names that I I mentioned there? Yeah, I think think a couple of mistakes in um in my picks. I think unrelenting loyalty to Mo Salah hasn't uh, hasn't paid off. He's he's ticks along slowly compared to his usual standard, hasn't yeah. he? But Overall, I think Son, I was surprised by Son's points, to be honest. I feel like he's he's been quiet, but he's he's done okay. And Harvey Barnes was obviously on fire, wasn't he, before before he got injured, as you mentioned. So, pleased with that. There's a few. Emmy Martinez, I'm not sure why why I've not got him in. I, I had him in the early parts of the season and ended up taking him out when Villa got a game postponed with coronavirus test early in the campaign. I'm just not brought him back in, which has probably been suicide for my rank, but... Pretty much anybody who didn't have Emmy Martinez has seen their rank kind of drop every week, no yeah. matter what. So he is 100% the most essential player to have in net in your team. Definitely need him. So yeah, those those were the kind of top 10 re- re- returnees for February. And I think maybe we'll do this again for, for April. Maybe we'll make five picks each, see who comes out on top and predict maybe. I mean, it, it is, it's a difficult season to predict, but... I'd definitely be up for for doing that again. So next up now, we're going to look at a few transfer targets and see who is worth getting in and who we want to get out. Now, Harry, I need a Harvey Barnes replacement. I might actually roll my transfer because I'm kind of insulated by the kind of 0.1 price rise I got after I bought him. But yeah, he needs to be replaced because he will not be back anytime soon, it feels like. So... Obviously, I mentioned Jesse Lingard there. He's 6.0 million. Very low ownership. So he's a nice little differential there. He's gotten three goals, two assists, and created two big chances in the last five game weeks. The only problem is is that he will miss the game against Man United, obviously because of the loan agreement. So that, that comes up in game week 28. So if you were to get him in now, he would immediately blank. It probably wouldn't be a huge problem for me because I think I could afford to bench him. But they do have leads in game week 27, which is kind of interesting. I, I would kind of fancy West Ham over Leeds. Even though I've got two Leeds players and I'm kind of looking like, oh, I wish I, I, I would prefer to have West Ham players. So he is one I'm looking at just for this week only again 4.8% ownership really great differential there and another player i mentioned there in that uh, list of the top performing february players is ruben neves because he's only 5.1 million so that that kind of earmarks him as a perfect fifth defender 1.6% ownership in his last five game weeks he scored three goals and one assist now two of those goals were from penalties but i mean that's a bit of a plus he's a guy on penalties and he's pretty good from the spot He's Wolves' joint top goal scorer this season with five. Last uh, five games, he's had 13 shots, which is seventh among midfielders. Two big chances, again, sixth among midfielders. And his 1.99 XG is also sixth. So he's definitely 
come onto my radar now. He's on my watch list. I might bring him in, somebody maybe even just as an enabler, um, so that maybe I could get a more expensive player elsewhere, another premium player. But he returns every second match. This is the interesting thing. Every second match. That's kind of handy because tonight uh, we're waiting on the, the Man City game, but they play Man City. So the next game will be in game week 27. So obviously he's going to return this coming game week, hopefully. He's the guy who I think would offer a really interesting differential. They play Aston Villa. Aston Villa have been conceding a lot of shots lately. And Emmy Martinez has been keeping a lot of them out. But uh, their defence isn't quite as solid uh, as it was before the month of February. So he is, is taking a lot of the goal-scoring responsibility on himself because William Jose has not scored yet. Fabio Silva is still a young lad. And obviously Raul Jimenez is out injured. So yeah, those those are two kind of... I, I just wanted to pick real differential kind of options for replacing Harvey Barnes. So that's what I came up with. In terms of transfer targets, who are you looking at uh, for this week? And I, I'm going to assume that you're kind of looking forward as well because you don't have a free hit chip. So you have to consider game of 29 as well and where you're going. Yeah, that's right. I'm looking towards the uh, the blank. I also need a Harvey Barnes replacement. I've also still got James Justin in my side because I've been putting out fires elsewhere. So... Two injured Leicester players in the squad that need replacing at some stage. Um, in terms of Barnes replacements, I've been looking at the teams that are playing in the blank game week. Kyle Saka is one that I've considered. Um, I know he didn't play. He didn't start against Leicester. But he's he's been good in playing for Arsenal most weeks this season. Wait on, I can afford to bring Jack Grealish back for Barnes. Waiting to see how he gets on with that injury. And one player called me crazy that I thought passed the eye test last weekend that I could squeeze in was Nicolas Pepe. Oh, do you know what? I was going to actually, I was actually thinking about bringing this up with you because he he did cross my mind when I was looking at Harry Barnes replacements. I was like, he's 7.6. Like that's the first time he's ever been at like a reasonable price that I would be willing to pay because I think last season he started at like 9.5. That was just ridiculous. This season he started at 8.0. So I was like, no, no, there's absolutely no point. He has, he's owned by 0.8% of managers. And yeah, he's, he obviously got a goal and assist in that game against Leicester. So he's a very interesting pick. So no, I won't poo-poo it. I'll let you uh, expand on your reasons there for wanting him. Yeah, I think he scored, I think it's four goals in his past seven starts. And I just thought he was really good at Leicester. This is... This is just the eye test. He gave Luke Thomas an absolutely torrid time. They put Pereira onto his side to try and stop him and didn't didn't work out for him. So it's it's one of those picks where I'd, it's, it's a, a brave point. decision to pick him. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a punt. And it's one of those where usually I think I'll play it too safe and not go for it. And then one of those picks that you see someone else has got in your mini league that, that pays off potentially. But I, am I willing to gamble? I'm not too sure. But he's he's definitely on my radar, yeah, I think. I think he looks he looks good against Leicester and hopefully the shirt says now to lose because with the options they've got now with Smith Rowe, Saka, Willian looks a little bit better against Leicester. Aubameyang's played wide sometimes. It's he's not a guaranteed starter, but I think when he plays he has he has got the potential to to haul and and return explosively. Yeah, so th- there are a couple of problems with this, and that's why I didn't put him in with my kind of transfer targets just yet, because he's not guaranteed he was rested against Leeds. He had started the four games before that and had, hadn't had started the four games previous to that, those four. But also, if we look at Arsenal's fixtures, they got Burnley next, which I think is a really nice fixture. But then they've got Tottenham, West Ham, Liverpool, which I all consider, I consider all of those pretty tough. 
and not the kind of fixtures that I would want to transfer somebody in for. And then immediately after that, they've got Sheffield and Fulham. So maybe down the line, there'd be, he'd be someone I'd look at again. And then as well with Europa League commitments, that just throws a spanner in the works for me. That's actually the main reason I didn't go for Sun. Because if you look at Spurs' fixture list, like it's going to get very, very hectic very, very quickly. So I just didn't, I just wanted to avoid that. I just didn't want any part of that. And I'm probably going to end up regretting it anyway. But it, it's just very messy getting on teams who are going to have a, a lot of commitments coming up and Arsenal are, are one of those teams but yeah I, I I don't hate that that one at all what about I mean I know you got Son so you're kind of sorted for a Spurs midfielder but Gareth Bale uh, in all competitions in the last four games he has gotten four goals and three assists he actually has eight goals and three assists in all competitions this season so he's played a thousand minutes right that works out at one goal involvement per 90 so Every, every game basically nearly he plays, he's, he's getting a, a goal involvement. Now, Jose Mourinho says he's, he doesn't foresee him being involved in every game. And we know his injury record. It's taken him this long just to get to this point where he actually looks like he's able to contribute to the first team like this. So I am wary about it. But Gareth Bale looks like an unbelievable differential, especially if you've had him now for the last couple of weeks. Yeah, he was brilliant at the weekend, wasn't he? It's, he looked... Uh a lot better than he has done so far this season. And I think it was a, a reminder of just the quality that he has got. I think that, that second goal was unbelievable, wasn't it? The finish, just so effortless and just vintage Bale, just cutting inside and just bending it off the far post. Yeah, I do like I do like the pick of Bale, but I think you definitely have to have maybe a fifth midfielder who you know is guaranteed to play because I don't, I'm not sure his body's going to hold up to to every game. And yeah. We'll see how, how often he's in the is in the Premier League side. I think was that only his, his third league start of the season, his first at home. So it's hard to leave him out now, isn't it? After after what he did at the weekend, but yeah, he's he's very fragile, isn't he? It's it's risky. Yeah, and he also hasn't finished a full ninety either in the league. I know he's played Europa League games and cup games and such, but he that he has not played a full ninety in the league. So it's very early days to be jumping on him to kind of come in as a differential at his price, 9.3. Like I said, that, that 1% ownership is just makes him look like such a good differential. I've seen, I saw a couple of people who triple captained them, which is amazing. Fair play. Like, cause I just would not have taken that punt whatsoever, but he's one on my radar. And another one actually I want to bring, bring up before we move on to captaincy is the Chelsea defense, because they are looking very, very solid since Tuchel arrived. They've conceded the fewest goals. They have, conceded the second fewest shots they've conceded the fewest shots in the box and they also have the fewest expected goals conceded oh and one other thing they have the most the most clean sheets alongside two teams do you know which two teams also have as many clean sheets as chelsea since Tuchel came in man city yes well done and by the way you're aiming this i'm gonna go full of <laughs> I, I do not have a poker face. I do. The way he was setting it up, yeah. <laughs> two out of two. Well done. Yeah, you you win the quiz this week. Yeah, so it's Chelsea, Man City, Fulham, uh, which really caught my eye that I saw Fulham. I mean, there was a time there where people were bringing in Sam Johnston as their second goalkeeper. And I was like, why aren't people bringing in Ariola? Because he's making loads of saves. Fulham are getting progressively more solid at the back as the season goes on for some reason people want to get in sam johnston because obviously he was making loads and loads of saves but he's also conceding loads and loads of goals <laughs> like yeah. this is the problem so you're hoping that uh, like he either gets bonus points because of saves 
or that they get a random clean sheet like they did just at the weekend against Brighton when they absolutely should not have. Uh, but Fulham, I think, unbelievable differential there in terms of defence. We already talked about Joachim Anderson being one of the top point scorers in the league of the last month. So a few good options there. A lot of people went for Olaina for the double game week and got absolutely burned because he got subbed at half time for Anthony Robertson. So I would say if you're gonna if you don't already have Alphonse Ariola, I'd say in terms of the back line, go for either Tosin Adarabayo or Yoki Manderson. They're going to play every single minute. They are not going to come off unless they're injured. They're not going to be rotated out. They will play every minute. And then after that, maybe Kenny Tete. There's potential there for assists, but we, we don't have a huge amount of goals or assists from our fullbacks. So I would say if you want the safe option, go for one of the centre-backs. We will keep a few more clean sheets between now and the end of the season. But we do have very tough fixtures coming up. So be wary of that. Uh, just actually seeing now what the fixtures are. We've got Tottenham, obviously, on Thursday. And then in game of 27, we've got Liverpool away. Easy win, that. Easy win. Everyone wins at Anfield these days. And then Man City at home. And then Leeds. So while Le- Leeds wouldn't be necessarily on the same level of, as those other teams, you know, it's very hard to keep a clean sheet against Leeds. So yeah, the, the fixtures aren't great, but if you need a cheap defender or maybe a second goalkeeper, look at Fulham for sure. Did you want to come in there? Yeah, I was just going to say, was I imagining it was Anderson taking free kicks at the weekend? <laughs> he, he did take him. He was our top shot taker at the weekend. I thought I so. There's, there seems to be some, some crazy trend of centre-backs taking free kicks now because yeah. Lewis Dunk's been taking them for Brighton. Anderson's been taking them for them. Eric Dyer was taking them earlier in the season. Yeah, Spurs. just so, so weird. I know you're a fan of Lewis Dunk's kind of knuckleball approach to free kicks, <laughs> but like he actually yeah. put it in the net and then it was dis- and then it was disallowed and then allowed and then disallowed. Uh, just absolutely crazy scenes. So yeah, Joachim Anderson on free kicks, crazy. I think he had, I could be wrong, I think he had six shots, five or six shots. So he was our top shot taker. <laughs> At the weekend, that's maybe another possible reason to look at uh, Joachim Anderson for sure. And just in terms of transfer targets, actually, I was going to save this for a later episode, but just with you and and your um, lack of a free hit and having to use your transfers to build up to 29, look at Brighton defenders because Brighton have been one of the, like in terms of underlying numbers, their defense has been amazing. They've just been unfortunate, I think, at times to concede the way they have so they're ones I think to, to maybe think about loading up on as the weeks go by and that'll be a, a, as well a good differential because they play Newcastle that week so definitely keep them in your mind towards gaming 29 but last up now we've got captaincy and I think there is a really obvious pick here and it's going to be well I mean look it could be any one of three Spurs players I suppose but in my mind I've got Kane he's had three big chances in his last four matches, obviously scored against Burnley, probably could have had more returns. We were saying last week how we could have had several returns against West Ham. So he's in the mood, I would say, Harry Kane. And he's coming up against a Crystal Palace side that have conceded more shots than any other team in the last five game weeks. They've only conceded seven goals in five, which obviously isn't great, but it's not as if they're hemorrhaging goals in every single game. But I think there's a lot of scope here for Spurs to do some damage. Yeah, I agree. I've, I've got Son at the moment. I don't currently own Kane. But I'm considering bringing him in this week. Might have to take a hit to do it. But yeah, Spurs, if you play anything like this against Burnley and the way Crystal Palace are playing, I think 
and they will sweep them aside. The only player which would be a risk that I would possibly consider would be Mo Salah, which Don't the do way it. we've just spoken about Fulham's clean sheet and Liverpool at home, it's asking for heartbreak, I know. But Salah at Anfield is usually quite reliable. But yeah, I'm definitely leaning towards Spurs, 100%. I mean, Mo Salah is usually reliable. But this isn't a usual Liverpool team anymore. And Mo Salah has been especially quiet of late. I put it out on our Twitter there at FPL Faithful of Mo Salah's last 12 Premier League matches. And he has blanked in nine of them. And he's gotten four goals in that time as well. So he's not reliable the way he used to be. I was worried about not having Mo Salah. And look, Mo Salah could, could still make me eat my words because there's another game game to go. They play Chelsea, which you wouldn't expect Liverpool to score. Uh, I was nervous about not having Mo Salah. And then after the Sheffield United game, I was like, oh, what, was, what was there to be worried about, you know? Overrated, I say, overrated. But uh, yeah, that, I suppose as a, as a differential pick, it's interesting, it's brave. At the beginning of the season, I would have said, yeah, obviously, Mo Salah against Fulham, definitely. But you also have to remember, the and in fact, actually, you could probably trace Liverpool's bad form to the last time they played Fulham. Yeah. Because that day, Fulham were really good, but I mean, like we talked about it at the time, like Liverpool were so bad that day, especially the first half, just didn't seem to be at the races and Mo Salah was like so quiet. Now, if we could have a repeat of that, I would obviously be delighted, but I, I wouldn't be overly confident of, of it happening again at Anfield. Yeah, just Liverpool are just such a weird team right now, man. And I've got Trent Alexander-Arnold, which worked out nicely because he got uh, three bonus points against Sheffield United. And uh, I was kind of going, whew, like that, that worked out well. So whatever happens against Chelsea, I'm fine now. I've got I've gotten nine points from, from him. But the, the other team... I'm looking at is obviously Man City. Now rotation is a risk here, but they do have a double game week. So they play Man United and Southampton. Man United generally have a decent defence, but they are prone to conceding silly goals. Southampton, meanwhile, have conceded 19 in the last five game weeks. Obviously, the Man United game where they conceded nine comes into that, so that skews that a lot. But that is by far the most of any team in that period. The one thing I'm looking at maybe is possibly captaining a Man City defender in this game week. Because we've seen every single game week, Diaz and Stones, baby, Diaz and Stones, they get goals, they get clean sheets. It it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And so the last two double game weeks, uh, I've had them both for the last two, and they both returned big style in those two. So I also have Gundogan, but I'm not confident of him playing both games, especially with the Champions League. If I had Kevin De Bruyne, I would definitely be tempted to captain Kevin De Bruyne. But I'm seriously considering. Ruben Diaz for my captaincy. What do you think of that? I think it's uh, it's one of those things, isn't it? Captain defenders, it's like taking the low off on the chase. But Diaz is the man to do it. I think he's he's the one who's going to play both games. I think anyone who's who's tend to captain Cancelo and Stones for double game weeks has has been left disappointed. There's a, there's one fellow in my mini league who's triple captain Cancelo this week, and he obviously uh, he didn't play it in the first game. But Diaz seems to be he's in the team every week, isn't he? And for good reason. So. I think it's I think it's a good move. There's definitely worse captaincies, definitely. I'm just going through like the the highest scoring player from every game week. And I think what well, we're on game week twenty six now, eleven of them have been defenders. That's I mean, I don't recall it ever being like ever being so many defenders being like the highest the highest scoring. Actually, sorry, it's twelve because I just forgot that Courtney 
house was a defender is a defender as well or is a defender down in the game anyway so that that's outrageous really that there's every fucking week nearly it seems like now especially in the second half of the season because the goals per game rate has gone down massively at the beginning it was like you know goals to beat the band but now defenses are either more solid or attacks are getting slower and more tired so i think captaining defenders isn't quite as crazy as it would be in a normal season i'm definitely gonna keep my mind open for that and uh yeah ruben, ruben diaz i think should should play both games so yeah there we go that's a that's a, a differential pick there for for anybody out there but i think that is the end of our show harry so thank you so much for joining me this week pleasure it's been great having you on make sure to follow us on twitter at fbl faithful and at footy faithful and give us a review on apple Podcasts if you could please we would really appreciate that we still got a few games to go left in this game week but we're looking forward to game 27 and good luck to everybody playing